Hello and welcome to the Fishcast. We are the world's first and foremost Fishman's podcast, coming at you with the second part of our two-part episode on the Fishman's B-sides, remixes, and rarities. You guys remember that episode? I hardly do. My name is Ray. My name is Christian. And guess what? Big news. Um, we got two microphones. We're recording with our own mics this is for cra- each of us. Well, to be fair, one of them is my brother's microphone, but that's besides this the This is part. a real podcast now. Yeah. We're basically just the Joe Rogan experience. I'm so happy for both of us. Wow. And you've got the headphones. I don't have the headphones, but... It's, you don't, because you hate hearing yourself. It feels so much more legitimate. Pretty soon we're going to get that Spotify deal. We're going to bring on um, alt-right YouTubers. We're going to bring you guys down the pipeline basically just make you nazis that's the goal um Wait, what's wrong with nazis? <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that no, um all right so yet. we actually have a lot of news to get into today before we keep talking about these b-sides and remixes and all that stuff mainly concerning the fishman's documentary the fishman's movie that's coming out now we actually have a tentative release date not really a date is tentative the right word but like a time an official an official release time I the fishman's it. movie is coming out in summer of this year, summer 2021. Uh, wait. You don't sound very excited. Summer 20. Oh, that's pretty soon. That's this year. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so the Fishman's movie is directed by Yuki Teshima, who is a Japanese director, previously worked on a few different TV shows and like music concert films. So this sort of music film is definitely like in this guy's wheelhouse. Um, the movie appears to be completely finished just last week in honor of Shinji's death or the anniversary of Shinji's death on March 15th, they held the first like public screening of this film in Japan. Oh, wait, wait, really? Yeah. Is that what they were posting about? That I, is, yeah. I, I saw a lot of things being posted in Japanese that I didn't bother to translate. Yeah, so I mean, at least the first screening for some, uh, either, I guess, like people who worked on the film or just people who were friends of the band or just like the, the Japanese press was held last week. And um, the movie seems to be about 180 minutes long, so like a three-hour movie. But um, from their crowdfunding page, it also looks like there's going to be some bonus footage that was not included in the final cut that'll either be released on like a director's cut or just like online for fans at some point. So let me be clear. Yes. We're getting three hours of Fishman's movie. We're getting three hours of Fishman's movie. You don't. I know I didn't sound very excited. I never do. But believe me. Oh, I see your face. You're excited. Yeah, they Um, can't see my face. So all the information that we're getting for this movie right now is from either their Twitter page or their Instagram page, both of which are at Fishman's Movie, and it's all in Japanese. So um, their website is in Japanese Japanese too. Okay. As of right now, it doesn't seem like there's any real like plans for a release in the West. I'm certain it'll happen at some point though, because on their site they mention that they're hiring a subtitle person to work on the film so there will be some sort of english release at some point but i don't know if we're going to get it over the summer or when um but the official title when we translate it from the japanese that they wrote is just movie fishman's yo (laughs) movie colon fishman's movie definitely just fishman's movie but um also the creative team behind the movie is officially listed as this the setagaya fisheries cooperative so that's just fun fisheries Fisheries. Fisheries. Um, I'm, I'm very excited for movie Fishman's. <laughs> movie Fishman's. That's how we will be referring to it going forward. Yeah, no, you said like, it's just Fishman's movie. <laughs> nope, it is movie, <laughs> movie Fishman's. Fishman's. Um, but yeah, it was totally crowdfunded, I think, a few years ago. Crowdfunded, actually. Crowdfunded. They started the initiative. Um, and yeah, they even had like a short little trailer for the movie that they had on Twitter. 
I watched it and it looked really good. So like the, the movie, the format of it seems to be kind of like a mix of old concert footage that they've like remastered in really high quality. And then they've paired that with a lot of uh, current interviews that they did with like Modigi, the different surviving band members, and also just some other like fans from the time and just people who worked on the project. So it's not really necessarily like a, a concert film in the sense that it's about one concert. It's just like kind of tracing the history of the band and their impact like from their origins through to the modern day. And three hours. It just sounds three like hours. really yeah, no, cool. This is just everything I ever wanted in a Fishman's movie. Because if like well, I say that, this I is like some really it, old though. concert footage. Like I know we have a lot of footage on YouTube and stuff from like their later shows, but this is like early footage, like behind the scenes, just like stuff from the vault. They literally got Shinji as a child. They got his I home mean, video from the seventies, <laughs> perhaps. But um, it looks like Modigi is mainly the one that they're interviewing. He's kind of like the current face of Fishman's. Well, yeah, because and kind he's of Modigi. their their have representative. But um, the main thing that I actually found on Twitter that was really cool is that the Fishman's movie Twitter account retweeted some tweets from people at this initial screening. And um, I guess these could be considered like early reviews or like reactions to the film. So of course, these were all in Japanese. I just ran them poorly through Google Translate. And As I'm going to read you these reviews of movie Fishman's. So um, Yuichi Oki, the keyboardist of Tokyo Ska Paradise, was one viewer at this screening and he said yesterday at the fishman's movie preview it's beautiful and the beat is addictive so it's like going to a museum there is always sadness and suffering but i also sympathize with that but i'm attracted to it because it's beautiful so a, a great review i can't wait for the beat the beat <laughs> the, <laughs> the addictive beat. beat and then there was a what seemed like a japanese pop culture journalist with the twitter handle at east press underscore mag one and they wrote, to the preview of the Fishman's movie, this is a movie theater, a movie you want to watch with roaring sound. However, there are a lot of valuable images and valuable testimonies, especially former band members. And if a DVD comes out, I will buy it. Fishman's is a band, and the band isn't that simple. I like the band. Published in summer. I will watch it again. <laughs> cool. Fishman's is a band. Wait, really? We live... Where do in we live? In a Fishman's. <laughs> we live in a Fishman's. <laughs> And then my favorite uh, fan review from Twitter, it just looked like from a Fishman's fan account with the Twitter handle at IkaretzaBaby320. They said, you may have never seen such a painful and dear movie, the story of men who met a wonderful musician named Shinji Sato, period, and women. <laughs> Lest we forget the women. I mean, Fishman's was mostly men, but there were also some women. One. I mean, tangentially, there were other okay, ones. Okay, yeah, I know, but there was really... Shout one. out Sugar Yoshinaga. Um, so how do we feel about International Women's Day? It feels like that's kind of off topic, but I feel good about it. I'm just making sure. Um, either way, it looks like all the reviews are positive. I mean, obviously, the Fishman's... Read three reviews. The Fishman's movie Twitter account would not retweet a negative review of their own film. Uh. But, I mean... From what my expectations were about this movie, I really didn't have any, I guess. Like, I had heard that it was in the works, and I was excited. But I guess I didn't really have my hopes up for anything spectacular. But I'm, if we're getting old concert footage, and we're getting, like, interviews with Modigi, and we actually get, like, a Western release with subtitles, like, that's more than I could have hoped for. Do you think it's going to be better than the Gorillaz one? Oh, uh... Yeah, okay, the Gorillaz really? movie was, was not that good. It was okay, I was going to say, the fact that you have to think about it for a background second. Background footage. No, this will be great. And what's really cool here is just like, I mean, ever since we've started this podcast and just like ever since a lot of Western 
fans became fans of Fishman's. There hasn't really been any new content, so this movie is kind of the first new Fishman's thing that well, we're getting. Well, they had that show they live streamed. They last have year. shows, but that's like Fishman's Plus stuff. So well, no, it this was Fishman's. Like last year, did you hear about that? Oh yeah, no, like the Super uh, Domu yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah no, sure but I mean, like in terms of actually getting like old Fishman's content, like from the '90s, like resurfaced. Like that's what I'm talking about. That is true. You're and, right. Like this interviews is, with the this bands. Is huge. Yeah. This is large. This, this is, is on big. a scale hard yeah. to comprehend. Like Fishman's Plus is cool, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like a cover band or like a tribute band. So that's how I feel about that. <laughs> wow. This is unbelievable. Anyway, I mean, to be fair, I don't. Um, so like I, I said earlier, we just passed the anniversary of Shinji's death. It was March 15th, 1999. Oh my God. He would have been 55 this year. How I didn't post about it. You didn't post about it? Neither did you. I didn't, but I, I was aware on the day. I listened to some I, Fishman's. I wasn't aware. Yeah. I think you need to find a new co-host. Clearly. A better fan, a more reverent fan. Then I would like to take this time to say, rest in peace to a beautiful soul. Rest in peace to a beautiful soul. But yeah, wild. I Died mean, at 33, would have been 55, so not quite, um, you know, 33 years after his death. I think that'll be a big one when he's been gone more than he's been here, but... Uh, is that a thing people keep track of? I don't know, I'm going to keep long, track of it in another... How long has this person 11 been years? dead for? I don't know, but wow. um, yeah, it's pretty pretty rough. So either way, I, I do think it was cool that they like screened the movie on the anniversary of his death because like they're very conscious of just like the the lore. They have a high regard for this incredible man. So yeah, I'm not gonna right, go on. So do I. I mean, who doesn't? If you don't have high regard for Shinji Sato, I do think you your life is not worth living. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And then our final little piece of news is about Yankees. What do you know oh, about Yankees, my God, Chris? I forgot about this. Um, <laughs> or well, Yankees, I should say. I do think Yankee UXO was easily the worst Godspeed album. <laughs> but that doesn't make it bad. I think it's still incredible. Um, also, I'm not a big baseball fan. However, that's irrelevant to this discussion because we have found yeah, the true so, meaning um, of Yankee. Many thanks to YouTube user Ian who recently subscribed to us and let us know is that the term Ian. Well, they have a last name, but I don't want to like publicly share it. Oh. Ian, who let us know that the term Yankee is actually a Japanese slang for a juvenile delinquent. So it's definitely not in reference to the baseball team. Um, especially knowing that this is like such popular slang in Japan. I, I googled it and I found out that um, Urban Dictionary, a real a real source for word wow. knowledge. Thanks, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary says that a Yankee is simply a subculture that was popular in Japan in the 80s and 90s. Moreover, it was basically the style of delinquent students. They were characterized by punch perms or pompadours, shaved eyebrows, altered school uniforms, popping squats, being poor students and causing violence or trouble. Yankee is a term that applies to both boys and girls. Although it is said some Yankee would be recruited into the Yakuza or Japanese organized crime, this is not always true. Many Yankee simply joined the regular workforce and lived regular, productive lives after high school. Being a Yankee was simply a way to enjoy youth and lash out at society, similar to the punk rock movement of the West. So this is of course in regards to the Neo Yankees Holiday album title. Back on our review for that, I remember we speculated. I would like to just say that it is still a concept album about baseball. That it was no a concept need, album about no baseball. Need to worry. No worry. Nothing's changed. <laughs> and I, I remember we mainly said that because the organ sound in that album sounds also, like Yankees. a baseball organ. Yankees. Yeah. Baseball is a popular sport in Japan. Obviously, 
if you're in Japan, you're probably aware of the Yankees baseball team. You want to do a poll? But um, no, but I feel like it's. I'm 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 definitely leaning towards the band being aware of like this meaning because it sounds like it was a whole ass like subculture in Japan. So um, maybe the band even this considered does, themselves yeah. Yankees to some extent because they were young. They were making rowdy music. If that was their testament to the Yankee subculture, that's really funny because it's like <laughs> the dumbest album ever. But yeah, like it's not a very punky album. <laughs> but you know, I imagine people with like shaved eyebrows and pompadours listening to one, two, three, four. It kind of makes me think of like the whole baggy Madchester movement in British music that was going on in like the late 80s and early 90s where there were lots of just kind of like dropout types who would go to these music festivals and they would wear, you know, like baggy clothes, thus the name of baggy. the genre. And it was this kind of like, you know, like ravey sort of subculture. But um, I don't know. But I- I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Ian is correct in saying that this was the meaning of Yankee that fishmen's were going through. And it also made me think of like the the Bosazoku, that's that's the that's the term. Like the biker gangs, which was another kind of prominent subculture of like young Japanese punks. Wow, this podcast is turning real circular, because as you know, Godspeed you Black Emperor is named after a biker gang. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh I meant to do that. Godspeed, Fishman's collab one. Maybe it'll be on that upcoming Godspeed album, God's P at State's End. An incredible to, album title. You want to turn this into a Godspeed uh, no, podcast? No, I, okay. I don't. Um, so, I believe that's all the news. We've got our Yankee information straight. We've got our Fishman's movie info straight. I just messaged the Fishman's movie account asking them for an interview. It's definitely not going to happen, but I mean, we can keep our fingers crossed. Keep your hopes up, up, please. So are you ready to get into the songs? What songs? Yeah. So last episode, we covered everything up to the Setagaya trilogy. So all of the B-sides, rarities, a couple remixes, potentially, from Fishman's early years. So today we're just finishing out that coverage. We're talking about all the B-sides and all that extra stuff from the Kuchu Camp era onwards. So really throughout the whole Setagaya trilogy and post-Setagaya trilogy. Um, and we can jump right into it. So the first track is Night Cruising, The Plasma Mix. Let it be known. I just listened to this track. I've listened to it before, but I, like <laughs> some of these tracks I just listened to like moments before recording. So Yeah, so this Plasma Mix is the B-side of the original Night Cruising single released in 1995. And I had never heard this before yesterday. I've never listened to the Kuchu or Uchu remix, remixes before just a couple days ago. You know what? And we'll get into this later on in the episode, not to spoil anything. But... um. This reminds me a lot of what was being done in the Walking and the Rhythm remixes, where it's like they take the original song and, uh, dare I say, dub it out, or just... Field recordings. It. And just, uh, yeah, they add some recordings in there. It's nice and, uh, what's the word? Spacey. Spacey, that's Maybe. the word I was So, just to clear this up, this, this mix was just done by Zach. Am I correct in thinking that? Plasma is not an artist, it's just called the Plasma Mix. It's also like a state of, um, <laughs> state liquid. of matter. Yeah. yeah, no, but looking at the credits online, it seems like this was just a remix done it by is Zach. That. I remember seeing it. And that would make sense, Spotify. because like you said, we'll get into them later, but um, Zach's remixing style is basically what's going on here. It's like, 
kind of reducing things down to like a minimal state, bringing in a lot of um, like field recordings and nature sounds and just like very bassy, very quaint and oh, beautiful and simplistic. I also love the singles cover art, just the cover art for the Night Cruising single. You know, I've talked about this before and I remember all you had to say was, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But now you've turned around. It's Shinji and Yuzuru Motogi laying in a sleeping bag or sleeping bags in yeah, a tent. I don't think they're in the same sleeping bag, although that would be fun. I'm sure they did it on occasion. I don't think so. And I think this cover art makes a lot of sense given like the sonic direction of the remix because this version of Night Cruising definitely takes place in the wilderness. We open with like some water sounds and then some maybe like footstep sounds or people like crunching through the grass. So like when I listen to the original Night Cruising, I think that I'm in a city, but the remix, I feel like I'm camping with the band out somewhere in Japan. Is this a concept album about camping? First, we start off in Kuchu the city. camp, after all. Yeah, so we start off in the city, <laughs> night cruising mm -hmm. to your destination, to the, you know, the campground. And then that's what it sounds like when, you, you know, you guys are just hanging out at the tent, walking around. That's what it sounds like. And then I, mean, I feel like this kind of goes with long season, too, because we know long season has all those watery sounds and there's some watery sounds here. But, uh, I guess all of Fishman's music just involves nature. Um, adventures yeah. into the wilderness. But um, no, I love this remix. Everything's like really hazy and blurry. It's a bit less clear and like direct than the first night cruising, but the, the field recordings, quite nice. yeah, the bass is nice. The field recordings are crisp. Like nice the crunching, yeah. the water, it's all just very like well recorded. I can imagine Zach out there with the, like a really nice microphone, just like stepping on leaves. Oh, this would be great for the remix. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Um, and there's also like some great moments of just like editing of Shinji's vocals. Like um, he's saying night cruising over and over in the track, but then halfway through he says night crew and then it just cuts off. It's like night crew. And that's it. I don't know if it's an error or if it was on purpose. It only happens once. Well, as we know, repetition legitimizes. And seeing as it only happened once, it's fair to assume that it's a mistake. <laughs> this is true. Well, no. I mean, it's either a mistake or Zach. Is like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. I don't know. Zach, let's ask you these questions when you come on the show. We know you're listening. Uh, so this really kind of reminded me of like Atrashihito on Kuchu as well. Or just like they're definitely in that same kind of uh, sonic territory on this track. It's ethereal. It's strange. I'm not quite sure if it justifies the eight minutes of length that it has. It does. If your song <laughs> sounds like this in any capacity, it... it you can have it be anywhere from two to 50 minutes long. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. Like, you know. I was going to say, cool. if you guys want more of this kind of like naturey aquatic vibe, just go listen to the new Ichiko Alba album. It's not nearly as good, it's, but it it's is excellent. better than this, and it's incredible. Why are we comparing Ichiko? Is it because you're racist? You no, it's, Japanese it's no, no. The best comparison that I told Chris about the other day was I was looking at Folklore by Taylor Swift, oh, the comments on, on Rate Your Music, and someone said something along the lines of like, I can't believe Taylor Swift is just ripping off Ichiko Alba's style. It's like, really? Just because they both play acoustic guitar? Yeah, Folklore isn't nearly as meditative. It's just really stupid. Uh, Folklore's great Grammy album of the year. Let's not get into that. I don't know. It's hate better than folklore. some Fishman's albums. Yeah. Um, um, excuse me. So that's really all I have to say about this. I like the nice blend of, you know, field recordings, ambient sounds, and it's just a really interesting way to do a remix. I guess, like, with the kind of music that I listen to, a lot of remixes are just more made for, like, the dance floor 
or they just are a bit more similar to the original track, but just kind of like putting a different beat behind it. But Zach's remix, like he totally just reimagines the whole track and like reshapes it and isn't even too worried about it being like poppier or more direct. If anything, he makes it like less direct. So you're going to take back that folklore comment? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I love Zach's producing style. Big influence on me when I remixed Siren's Cavern by Totenark. That's something that none of our <laughs> listeners know about or care about, but yeah. I'm just, you know, I love yeah. Zach. That's um, my point. So last episode, if you heard last episode, uh, Fish, Fish, I, I just called you Fish, Chris. Chris <laughs> was ranking the tracks and giving them like numerical scores, but in lieu of me ranking them or giving them adjectives, I was just describing each track's energy with a different type of fish. Are you doing that again? And I'm doing that again. It I was a lot harder sure. this time because I'm running out of fish. There's but only so many fish in the sea. want to tell us your score out of 10 for this track. Well, it's just funny when they say like, you know, um, what do they say? Like, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Plenty what? of fish in the plenty sea. Fish. That's not true. There's plenty of water. Just a few fish. Yeah, clearly, as we can see. I'd give this track like an eight or a nine. Okay, that's I fair. think I. I don't know. I, I just mean, every version of I, Night Cruising is perfect. I need to let it simmer, but I mean, in, in that range for sure. The fish that I assigned to the Night Cruising Plasma Mix was the grouper. Because like the, um, there is an artist, a musician that's called Grouper, yeah, and she okay. makes very pleasant, ambient, kind of like slowcore music. And this just reminded me of that, not because it sounds the same, but because it <laughs> just gave me nice. the same emotions. Also, big shout out to the new Grouper Shushu song. It's not very good. It's very good. Um, it's immaculate. So The, the other Shushu song is excellent, though. This track is a Grouper. All right. Um, cool. Moving on to our second remix of Kuchu Camp. This is Sunny Blue Hicksville Mix. I do like rock and roll. <laughs> this track was Come the B-side of the original Baby Blue single released in 1995. It's interesting that we got a remixed Sunny Blue on that single instead of a remixed Baby Blue. Blue. I guess that's why they were paired together. <laughs> um, so who is Hicksville? Who are Hicksville? Shin- you, I, oh, you're going to tell yes. us. Yes. you're asking me. So this, was, this remix was not done by Zach. Shinya Kogure of the band Hicksville famously played guitar on Kuchu Camp. He went on to be a member of Mary Mary Machine Gun Rhythm Killer and Fishman's Plus, so he's really just an honorary fish man at this point. A lot of honorary fishmen. So I'm not really sure if the whole band was involved in this remix or if it was just Kogure, but he is doing some guitar work. He's also adding some vocals in the background and also kind of some prominent vocals that we can hear. Um, I've never listened to Hicksville. This is their only song that I could find on Spotify was this Fishman's remix, and when I looked on YouTube, there was nothing either. Do you think maybe, like, it wasn't an actual like band or like uh, no it had alias. other members listed on well i guess what i mean is like what if they just got together for this one this remix? one remix <laughs> yeah, they no they, they had releases online i just can't find them for streaming anywhere oh. but um if any listeners know where i can find hicksville stuff if you are a part of hicksville if you're a part yourself, of hicksville i just or if you have hicksville songs that you want to recommend to us i'm really interested in checking out more of their stuff i love you feel like kyle has some lying around i somewhere. love this remix so much um, so, yeah, Kogura is doing some extra vocals on here, and it sounds awesome. They also add this new guitar rift. Riff. <laughs> a guitar rift. 
It's very like classic rock and it fits under Sunny Blue in a really good way because Sunny Blue is already like one of the more rock and fishman's tracks. But this one kind of just yeah. takes that energy and that style and like pumps it up to 11, am I right? Pumps it up to 11, am I right? More like 12. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like the original Sunny Blue only really hinted at this style of like, it's almost like punk. It's like garage punk. Yeah, no, Sunny Blue was more vibes. like raucous and um, like a really cheesy 90s. I mean, this song is also pretty cheesy, but the, I don't know. It's got more edge to it. It feels more dangerous. Yeah, dangerous is the word, but yeah. like dangerous in that like sleeves rolled up. Slick back hair. You got a leather jacket. Like on. you've got a leather jacket on. Like here, if this was released with like a Yankee in the title, <laughs> this is a Yankee song. This is a neo Yankees holiday. Yeah, I also love this like descending vocal line that Kogura is doing in the background, oh, yeah, yeah. where it's like ah, and it makes me think of like Miserlou by Dick Dale, that song from Pulp Fiction. It's that same like the guitar the you combined. It's like a kind of like a minor key. It's very just like, it's dangerous. Can you uh, sing it along for us one more time? Uh, 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 uh. That's what it sounds like from my memory. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, excellent track. Is this um, the punkiest Fishman song? Seafood restaurant. Yeah, I guess some stuff on on Kingmaster. And also, well, this really reminded me of kind of some of their, their rock and stuff from 96 Long Season. Yeah. And like the Sunny Blue at that show is very pumped up. But I just feel like it's it's so cool how every version of Sunny Blue kind of goes in a different direction. Like sometimes it sounds like racing music, but here it just sounds like more like classic rock or like a punk track. There's definitely an explosion happening in this track. They're driving away from the explosion. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but I th what, what I think, think is really cool about the two Kuchu remixes, the Night Cruising one and this, is that like they're so different and they kind of represent the two different elements of that album. Like half of the album is like really, really rocky. But then there's also this part of the album with like Atsurashi Hito and some of the other tracks that's Night a bit cruising. more yeah. pleasant. So um, like I've always said that it's a very like scattershot and diverse album. And the fact that these two remixes are kind of pulling it further towards those two poles yeah. Really just it highlights just I guess like the, the range. range. <laughs> the range of this band. Wow. Is this Fishman's or like mountains? Because <laughs> there's a lot of range going on. So I think it's cool that these are the only two remixes from that project. Um what's your score for the Hicksville mix? Like an eight. It's fun. <gasps> yeah, I like this one more than the Night Cruising one personally. Oh well of course you do. Also, I just think it's cool that there's another band remixing Fishman stuff. Like, we don't get a lot of Fishman's collabs. Where is the Bottoms remix? With other... Why are the Bottoms? Why Whatever didn't they happened come with back? the Bottoms? Uh, they became the tops. All right, my fish. This is where I started running out of fish, so it gets kind of stupid. Um, I had to choose a really badass fish for this just rock and punk I track. Like I know. A fish. fish that would have, like, a, a heart tattoo on his, on his arm with, like, an arrow through it. I went with a Mega Mouth Shark. <laughs> are shark fish did I ask yes. this in the last episode are shark fish I googled list of fish types of fish and it brought up the I'm mega mouth shark I'm not saying they're not I'm just sort of in disbelief if you will the mega mouth shark sounds like it could chomp me it could eat me it sounds like it's a, got a, a big boy. mouth it sounds like I picture him with like muscles mouth. too he's like kissing his muscles and then he's beating me up in the hallway like at the same time mm-hmm it's hard to do with one hand mm. he's kissing his other so, Mega Mouth Shark, I love this song. Um, it's almost one of my favorites that we're talking about today, but we're getting into even almost. better ones. I can't wait.
Uh, are you ready to move on? I am ready to move on. All right, this one is the first like true gem of these, I would say. It's I Dub Fish. Let's hear it for the first song, the first Fishman song Ray listened to and liked. Yes. Well, I don't think you liked it, but you're very oh, compelled. Oh, I, I liked it. it. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, do you want to tell that story really quick? Um, what were we doing? We were driving around. We were just around. driving around. Yeah, we, were we were driving around. We were up around. to our Yankee shit. We were doing some shenanigans. Well, we were up to our shenanigans. And I normally don't like showing Ray music. Let, let, let's, least of all... Fishmans, because I know he doesn't like Fishmans. But I was like, you know what? I don't really care. I want to play I Dub Fish because it's ridiculous. <laughs> and the rest is history. I just sat there later. and at this time I didn't really, I didn't care for Fishmans. I didn't like Shinji's voice, but I just heard this strange little song and I thought, oh, you wow. heard him say I Dub Fish. I was like, this is a band I can get behind. Um, so yeah, that's like kind of my weird history with this song. It's really spooky. It's it's a B-side of Season, the single, released in 1996. Which is also just ridiculous. Which is also just ridiculous. But this one is, like, one of the first truly just strange Fishman songs. Um, I think the reason that I liked it, and you are going to hate me for this, Chris, is that it just sounds like a Gorillaz song from the first Gorillaz album, the really dubby one that is came out. Is it because there's a melodica in yes, it? Yes, Hanzi is playing the melodica. There's this ghostly haunted vibe and it's dub, which is like all of those elements are going on on that first Gorillaz album. It's sort of like Atra Shihito. I know I've compared that to the debut Gorillaz album before, but this, this and Atra Shihito really have that same um, just like haunted nighttime dub ghost energy. What's that? Um, was it the Ted Kaczynski quote where it's like um, the Industrial <laughs> Revolution, but instead of Industrial Revolution, it's Gorillaz. Industrial Revolution or that. Um, but I love the melodica. I just love Hanzi always like pulling out different instruments that suit the song. The title. What does the title mean? How do you dub a fish? Um, well, you know, when, like, you, you, you're walking along a stream and you see a fish. And you're like, I dub that fish as... Oh, like you're, you're giving it a title. You're dubbing it. <laughs> I yeah. don't think that's what they meant. I think they're just like... Dub fish, <laughs> and that's like the only lyric of the song, and it's just chanted well, over and over. Oh, we will we'll, we'll get to, to that. <laughs> um, but it's like I, I am a fish. dub fish, and um, I found this really cool live version by Fishman's Plus. I don't know when they performed it, but they had a whole choir. Have you seen this? No. Why do they have a whole choir for I Dub Fish? They it bring out amazing. a choir, and Modigi is singing the I Dub Fish part. Huh? But the choir is singing behind him, and since it's so, the song is already so spooky, like adding the choir just makes it even more dramatic and epic. But it's kind of funny because they're just all like, I dub fish. This sounds like <laughs> the greatest thing it's ever. It's the greatest thing ever. You have to go find it. Maybe. Um, so it's really ominous. But yeah, no, then there's other lyrics. Um, return to river, return to river, return to sea. Um, so the song is just about fish. like. He's dubbing fish, and then he's telling them to go back to where they came from. Is this racist? Is this an allegory? He's for... telling them to leave. Maybe Shinji saw like a a not so fair skinned person walking down the street. He's like, they need to go back 
to where they came from, much like a fish would return to the sea from a river. You're reading way too far into this. Um, but then there is a spoken word section. It is provided by Minoru Yoko, who is, I th- he's British-Japanese, right? Is that a thing? People like, he's do? from the UK. Yeah, no, I think he was born in Japan, but lived in okay. the UK. Look, don't correct me if I'm wrong, especially if you're listening, Minoru. But but no, that is why his voice sounds the way it does. He he just kind of just sounds like a guy. Before you know who he is, you're like... Like, when I first heard the song, I thought it was maybe pulled from, like, a documentary or, like, some BBC kind of, like, oh, Animal yeah. Planet thing. But it's no. not. Like, he, he did provide these vocals specifically for the song. Um... I will tell you what he says in my best impression. Can I? I feel like I could do a better. Yeah, you can do better. I have it here. Okay, it's right there. Uh, Wait, where is it? Oh, (laughs) I'm a fish returning to the river. It's been a while for this fish, old and sodded, but I must carry on, for I bear children. To lay, <laughs> to lay in these calm waters, amongst that I'm turning Irish, but <laughs> amongst the fellow fish that hatch and prey, some stay in the river, and some go out to sea, to keep this cycle in motion. I must go on, go on, go on. Go that was on. incredible, Chris. You sounded just like him. I don't think I, I, I forget what he sounds like. Um, so I don't know why I said that. But yeah, I think it's so cool that this song is just about fish. Like, I guess we should make a little playlist of Fishman songs that are about fish. Like, there's this seafood restaurant. Um, is seafood restaurant about fish? Yes, it's seafood. I know, but it, it, that's like calling. Are there any that I, I know? There's other ones. Well, fish is watching you. We'll get to that later. Hey. But there are a few. Like, For all the fish is watching you fans, be Fishman ready. songs about fish is a whole new type of energy. Um, but this is also like a mini epic. Like, um, everything's changing throughout. There's this extra bass line that comes in near the end that's like one of my favorites. And the whole thing kind of reminded me of Long Season, or just like this idea of making a song wow. that feels like a journey. And here is my theory, right? Because this was released alongside Season. And Season, as we know, like, provided the bones and, like, the framework for Long Season as a piece of songwriting. But in terms of, like, sonic experimentation, there's not a lot going on in Season. And I think um, that's, like, so that's, like, the songwriting half of Long Season. But I dub Fish is, like, the experimentation half of Long Season. And Long Season, as we know it, is basically a combination of, like, the songwriting of Season and, like, the progression and the experimentation of I dub Fish. So they actually make sense being released alongside each other. So... For all those who might be um, bad at math, what we're saying is season plus I dub fish equals long season. Yes. All right, what's the next track? <laughs> Wait, we didn't rank it? Oh, give it a, give I'm it a rating. so sorry. I would give it a 10. Yes, this song is incredible. I don't know if I'd give it a 10. I'd probably give it You'll a 10. You'll give it a 10 though. after you find the, the choral version where they're just like... <laughs> I'll give that version a 10. Ascending to hell. Um, Ascending the, to hell. the fish that I assigned to I dub fish is a wahoo. I did not know that a wahoo. I've was heard a the type word before. Fish. I didn't know it was a fish. This is solely because when I heard the song, it made me say wahoo. I like fishmans. I yeah, that's true. I played it um, for him, and he said wahoo. I'm like, why the hell did you just? Also, say that? according to the very reputable source Animals.net, the wahoo is known for its speed and powerful swimming abilities, so it could definitely return to the river. Quite it's, not, it's not returning to the river. It's returning <laughs> to the sea. He says river too. Does he? Yeah, return to river. Me? Now we need to do like an, a lyrical analysis of this. Well, I'm very happy that there's a website called animals.net. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just waiting for people.com. Oh, I guess that's like the newspaper the, or the, the magazine. magazine. Not newspaper. Oh, do you want to get into the, the strangest track that we're talking about today? Is it what I think it is? Yeah, this is Magic Love Remix. Oh, I thought it was Fish is watching you. I'll introduce it one more time. This is Magic Love Remix. So uh, this track, Magic Love, uh, which was the first single from Uchu, as we all remember, such a strange choice. It was the only track from Uchu to initially be released alongside a remix. It was remixed by Hiroshi Kawanabe in 1997 as the B-side to Magic Love. Um, so the cover, I think we've talked about the cover. I think we've been alluded before. to it before. The and cover of the Magic excellent. Love single, can you describe it for us? We have... A plate of pasta. I'm not sure what kind. Of, I think I see some like eggplants in there. I'm really not sure what sort of noodle dish this is supposed to be, but I assume it is some sort of pasta dish. And ascending from it is <laughs> a tower of noodles being held by a, by a, floating fo- a disembodied fork. fork. Not that fork ever <laughs> embodied, fork. but there's nothing holding the fork. It is a floating fork. Perhaps an apparition is enjoying some delicious Italian cuisine. Yes. I can't tell. Uh, <laughs> so when I had, like, I, I had never heard this remix until yesterday, but I had, I, I knew that this cover was associated with Magic Love, and it always baffled me because I was like, how is Magic Love related to spaghetti? Oh my God. But now I understand it because it's all about this remix, dude. Like this remix. It doesn't it, even sound Italian to me. No, it sounds like some loungy, like bossa nova music that will be playing in like an Olive Garden or like an Oregano's or any sort of Italian restaurant. Basically, um, Hiroshi just takes the vocals, Shinji's vocals, from the original Magic Love, like the vocals are all the same, and he just puts them over this Duke Ellington sample. It's from a track called Silk Lace. Wait, (laughs) I thought it was like originally composed. No, it's just a Duke Ellington sample. Oh, that makes it even better. It's kind of a meme. Like, and it's looped. I thought maybe there was like <laughs> no. some clever. That the is the amount really of funny. effort that was put into this remix is like criminally low, which means that it's incredible. incredible. <laughs> so like, there's so many questions. Like, why was this Duke Ellington sample chose chosen? It doesn't fit with the Magic Love vocals at all. I don't feel like it just creates this weird, like a loungy vibe. Like you're just laying there. There's no real drama or like tension. It's just like restaurant music. Thanks, Duke Ellington. The legacy you've, you know, you've left is of restaurant music. Yeah. Do you enjoy this song? <laughs> or is it are, just are like you a, asking me as if like, do you enjoy this? Is song it like or? an ironic enjoyment, or are you actually like grooving when the Magic Love remix comes on? I do groove to it. I did like it. I was like, this is good. <laughs> and now that I know what it is, I'm. It's funny, but it's still good. That doesn't make it less good. Yeah. Um, I looked it up because I found the sample on whosampled.com, and I was unaware. There's only two Fishman songs that have a credited sample, it looks like, even though we know they also sampled that one track on Gatsu, on Just Thing. But um, the two that were on Who Sampled, there was this sampling Duke Ellington, and then I guess Nantitano samples drums from a James Brown track, and that was the other one. Wait. Yeah. Really? Which is new information. But um 
but yeah, no, I, I just think it's such a strange sample. So obviously, I listen to this track. I think this remixer, I haven't seen his name before associated with the band, Hiroshi Kawanabe. I'm like, he put in such little effort. I want to know more about this man, right? So I go on to Spotify. This and is I leading click, where I think it's this going. is leading where you think it's going. Okay. So I find the remix on Spotify, right? I look up this man. I look up Hiroshi Kawanabe. I click on his Spotify. And there was this song. There was one other like DJ song from a few years ago. And then there were three songs from the Space Dandy soundtrack. If you are unaware of what Space Dandy is, it is an anime that aired on Adult Swim from like 2014 to 2015, I think. It's directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, who is well known as the creator of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Did I know that? That it was by Watanabe? I don't think I knew that. It is. That is like a huge surprise to me. Oh yeah, no, so Space Dandy, it was kind of like, it is an anime, but it was created for Adult Swim specifically. It aired like simultaneously in Japan and the US, which was kind of like a first for animation. But um, in the show, basically, the main character, Dandy, he's this pompadour wearing maybe a Yankee, a Yankee perhaps. perhaps. <laughs> and he, he's, he's a space guy. He's like a rascal. But he goes to this restaurant, and the restaurant's just called Boobies. And this restaurant, it's kind of like a parody of Hooters. You know, it's like a restaurant where the focus is less on the food and more on like the, the buttressed waitresses, I should say. And the restaurant is just shaped like a big boob. But anyway... The relevance of this is that the second Space Dandy soundtrack, the CD release, is called Boobies Wonderland. It's a parody of Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind, and Fire. The cover format is the same, but it's just boobies instead of boogie. And in 2016, I was in Japan briefly. I went to Japan. And I was at Tower Records in Tokyo. As one does. As one does. Sadly, this was before I was a Fishman's fan. If I went now, I would obviously be spending all my hard-earned money on Fishman's vinyl but I was unaware of the band. So instead, I was looking for the Space Dandy soundtrack, a physical copy, and I couldn't find it. There was an anime section of CDs. There was like a soundtrack section, and I couldn't find this Boobies Wonderland soundtrack anywhere. So I go up to the helpful Tower Records employee, and he's And they were helpful. They were very helpful. Um, His English was incredible. He helped me out. And he was like, oh, what are you looking for? And I just said, oh, Space Dandy soundtrack. Can you help me out? And he, he's like, ah, yes. And he guides me over back to the anime section. I'm, I'm just dumb. It was in the anime section. I just couldn't see. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, where else would it he be? He finds it in like a second. He pulls out the CD. And I didn't know at the time what it was called. I just thought it was like the Space Dandy soundtrack. Yeah. He shows me the CD. He looks me in my face. And he just says, ah, boobies to Wonderland. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yes. Like, thank you, you call sir. Me? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So that is how I acquired the Boobies Wonderland CD. I think I spent like $40 on it. How much music is on there? Japan is expensive, bro. And it's like a double disc thing. But I I own the CD. So, like, I didn't... I've listened to the CD multiple times. And, like, I'm well aware of the songs that Kawanabe contributed to this. I just didn't know who he was or that he had any association with Fishman's. So when I found this, it was, like, my two worlds colliding. This is just weird because (laughs) without knowing... You were just a hair away from Fishman. I was. I mean, I'm sure this happened with multiple artists you've been familiar with, but still, that's just insane to me. So, for those of you who have seen Space Dandy or who are familiar with the soundtrack, it is on Spotify. The songs that Kawanabe contributed are called Space Express and Focus Friday. So, we're going to play a little bit of Focus Friday right here.
didn't, so that's I didn't a, know that's an incredible track. Um, the dude is making straight up like IDM on this track, which is like that's what's so strange to me. I want to find more of his music. Like the Fishman's remix, he's just throwing together these Duke Ellington samples, but then his Space Dandy music is straight up like good electronic music. When I googled him, I found nothing. <laughs> Maybe his focus is more on um, I don't know building. He's a, he's a what do they call him? A carpenter. A carpenter, yeah. But um, I, I, the one other thing I found about him is that he is a member of a Japanese band called Tokyo Number One Soul Set. But his credit for that band is just DJ. So I, who who is he? If you have any information about Hiroshi Kawanabe, if you're Hiroshi Kawanabe, <laughs> listening to talk this to now. us. I'm just amazed. So, I mean, obviously the Magic Love remix is not very good, I don't think, but just like knowing this lore behind it and knowing that I was already a fan of Hiroshi before I even heard the song, just makes me love it. I'm endeared to this song. Like, I love how we, I mean, there wasn't much to discuss, but I like how us talking about Magic Love was really you talking about Hiroshi Kawanabe. Hiroshi Kawanabe, the real hero, the real remixer. That's true. Like, where did they find him? Why? A Tower Records. Wild. Um, but also, yeah, those Space Dandy soundtracks are really great. There's also some stuff from Ogre You Asshole on there, which is, I know, a band that... They're basically like Japanese Modest Mouse, but um, I think there's a lot of overlap with Fishman's fans. There's some stuff from, like, Yoko Kano, the famous... Why don't we just start a soundtrack Space person. Dandy podcast? No, I mean, if you like good Japanese music and just, like, straight vibes, go watch Space Dandy. Listen to those soundtracks. You will enjoy it. It's funny that you mention Ogre, you asshole, and then mention Modest Mouse, because I don't know how true the story is, but apparently, and I saw it online, again, no confirmation here, but it's funny you bring those two up, because apparently the name Ogre, you asshole, came from Modest Mouse. Yeah. Did you, wait, did you already I, I already that? knew this, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Did you tell me that? I think I told you this, yeah. Oh, well, never mind. I was crediting the yeah. internet. No, it's really, an incredible it's... band name, Ogre You Asshole. No, apparently, yeah, they were at like some Modest Mouse show and they had some other band name at the time, but um, they met up with the members afterwards and the members were super drunk and the Ogre You Asshole guys asked them like, hey, what should we name our band? I believe it was Brock Isaac. And had... Brock Isaac just writes with a Sharpie like Ogre You Asshole on the guy's arm. And then they're like, okay, that's our band name. It's a better band name than Modest Mouse. That's not true. Let's <laughs> okay. move on. Anyway, what score would you give to the Magic Love oh. Hiroshi Kawanabe? I think a seven. A seven a is seven. very fair. <laughs> um, my fish for this is a mahi mahi. Mahi mahi. Oh, I, I like mahi mahi. It's like an exotic fish, and this is exotica. Is, exotic? is this the is this exotica? Basically. Do you know what exotica is? It's like bossa nova, like screwing around music that they make in Japan. And also Candy Claws makes it. If it's music that you could hear in a cafe, I feel like it's Exotica. Is Candy Claws playing at any cafe? No, but this would play at a cafe. Okay. Um, so it's also like very Shibuya K. Like I know a lot of the kind of like stylistic influences on Shibuya K were just like Bossa Nova and a lot of like jazzy, like cafe music. And that is what this is. But it's so strange. If I heard this at a cafe, I would immediately leave. <laughs> like, like, There's what something cafe is this? deeply wrong with this. So anyway, shout out to Hiroshi Kawanabe. All right. The next four songs that we're talking about kind of go together. They're a little set. They were released on one maxi single. They are the Walking in the Rhythm remixes. So um, all of these are remixed by Zach. It's sort of his own little mini album. I think all in all, it's like 37 minutes long. So it's more of an EP or even like an album than it's, a single. It is. There's no like. There's no album material on here. Even the 
more like straightforward walking in the rhythm is a remix of walking in the rhythm like this is all like original material but somehow in those 37 minutes like it never gets old it never never does. stops feeling like walking in the rhythm so um well there's a reason for that it's because yeah, like it's because it's all that yeah but yeah this was released in 1997 um there are four different tracks they all kind of flow together but we're going to talk about each of them and then we're going to like rank them amongst themselves so the first of these remixes is the prototype mix This is like the most straightforward of the four. It's basically just said that. kind of like the single edit or the radio edit, if you will, of Walking in the Rhythm. Kind of focusing more on like the first half of the track with the chanted vocals. And here's then a that. Beat. I think that's where my problem with this track, like, I say this as if like, I don't like this track. No, no, no. Like the bass line is not present. <sighs> This is true. That is, like, I remember it, you, you also said that was a problem with the live version. Yeah, like, okay, it's a problem, quote unquote. It's just sort of like, they shortened it, which is cool, and it's a very awesome track. It's like, I want that bass line. They took out I the mean, most iconic band, part. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like it works, because they also add in these really cool, like, robotic vocals that also kind of sound like a guitar in the background, going like, na-na-na-na, which kind of adds, like, this hypnotic, little, like, slightly yeah. ominous feeling to the yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love this as a little, I mean, it's called the prototype mix, which implies that it might have been maybe like an earlier demo or like an I earlier version of the song. I yeah, I mean, I don't know if all these were made later, if they were just released later. I'm assuming that some of the later ones are just like pure remixes. But this one, it really like, it kind of boosts up that like neon lit, like nighttime tone of Walking in the Rhythm. It certainly feels a bit more like electronic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. cool. I love it. It's a great intro to these four. It's definitely the weakest of the four though. I wouldn't agree. Or like the least unique of the four that i would agree with but i mean cool well the second one is the hang glider mix um homies on rate your music we're really out here comparing this to like brian eno and aphex twin i am yeah, not an expert an on them twin. so is that i can accurate? attest that it, it i mean you could just say that oh all ambient sounds the same but no, no. i do get what they're saying it, it's got the brian eno flavor it's got the selected ambient works 85 to 92 kind of vibe I get it with like the way the synth sound and like the progression of the track. It, it is very like early ambient. Yeah, like, no, the first few minutes are like totally just ambient, really beautiful. Honestly, like takes me back to that night cruising remix, the sound of that. And then around the oh, four yeah. minute mark, there's these drums that come in like really, really soft and everything just feels really full and warm. And this is where I start like thinking that these remixes are incredible. Because, I mean, you were saying how, like, you've played these for me before in the background where I wasn't really paying attention. And you were like, hey, Ray, you'll really like these remixes. And I was like, ah, I don't care. Yeah, but yeah. sitting down yesterday and actually listening to these with my headphones, and just now we listen to them again in the car, it just sounds, like, so lush and so just, ugh. It's ugh. gorgeous ambient music. Like, Zach is really underrated as just, like, a musician in his own right outside of just producing Fishman's. Yeah. I want to go listen to more Zach stuff. I mean, I know he's still doing work. I like how like a lot of this episode too is just you talking about people who've remixed these tracks. And be like, I want to hear more. Of I, stuff. I will, and that's Hicksville. what we're gonna do more in this season. Is just uh, find these guys. I forgot the other guy's name. Space Dandy. Hiroshi. Boy. Hiroshi, and now Zach. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I want to hear more from these guys. Just the drums and bass and the hang glider mix are really, really nice. Drum um, and bass. 
drum it's drum and bass um <laughs> no the bass is like monumental yeah like whenever like the bass hits it's like whoa oh that's loud and just when the drums come in i mean the cool thing with ambient music and we've talked about this is like so little is happening that whenever some minor change happens it feels like monumental so like here like when the drums come in they're not super aggressive or hard but like just the fact that there's this additional element it feels like this huge drop which is really cool the drop. Where's um, the drop? It's, it's there's there. even more changes and stuff in the third remix, which is the Shinjuku version two mix. Um, An excellent, excellent track, if I do say so myself. This is the longest of the four. It's 14 minutes long. It's even longer than the original Walking in the Rhythm. And it's funny because you think there'd be more going on. No. 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 There. I mean, I, I guess it depends on what you consider going on. A lot more samples on this one, like field recordings. Yeah, this is the one that's sounds. like very similar to that Night Cruising remix. Yeah. Um, I would describe this as slice of life music. Um, there's just a little bit of piano and all these sound effects, and it feels like I'm laying in a field or maybe like near some traffic or near like a busy city street. I mean, it's called the Shinjuku mix, so maybe these were just like sounds that were recorded around Shinjuku. Is that, a, oh, that's a place. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I was like, that's a cool word. Well, we were just talking about whether or not there's like a, a version one of this, because this is the version two. So, I mean, it certainly implies that there was an earlier version. I want to hear it. Was it scrapped? Is it different than this? I don't know. The version one's actually just walking in the rhythm. <laughs> Maybe. Dang. Well, I will say, yeah, it sounds like productivity. But like it sounds like you're in the middle of it, like you're laying in a. Yeah, it's like there's things happening around you, but you're not doing anything. You're just laying there. It's really nice. And then Shinji's voice in the right channel, really quiet at first, but then it gets louder. He's just yelling, "Hey, hey!" It's that little like. It's it's the same sound that they always do. Is just a guy saying like, "Ah." It is. Yeah, it's exactly. See, the fishmen's have one trick. No, no, it's that. Um, it's just funny because it's that. Um, in the original, like right before, like one of the choruses. Like Shinji just says, "Hey," so he just takes that, speeds it up, and just like loops it. Oh, that's up. what that's from. Oh, yeah. that's sick. Yeah, no, and this is another track, just like the hang glider mix, where um, there's a, a slight beat drop that comes in, and then it becomes like ambient techno. It's really cool. Or it, were you saying it's breakbeat? It's a breakbeat drum pattern, but it's ambient techno. You know, you know, genre doesn't. It's exist. really, really, and it's like a totally unique sound to any Fishman song. And when that comes in with this little like melody over it. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, and it's kind of like uplifting. I guess this is the only one of these Walking in the Rhythm remixes or the original track that I feel like is actually pleasant. All the other ones are like slightly ominous or dark, but this one's actually I think enjoyable. this is like, I was going to say, this is like the most esoteric of the bunch. Yeah. I don't know what it makes me feel. Hang Glider is, that's that to me is pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, Shinjuku feels very like... Hmm. Yeah, it just I, kind of exists. It's not really it's kind emotional. of strange. Yeah, because you, know, you could say the original is quite morose, and Hang Glider is like nice, but mm-hmm. Shinjuku feels like somewhere else. Yeah, so, so it's something kind of alien to me. The most direct part of this, aside from that like little ambient techno section, is in like the final like thirty seconds of the track when Ooh, yeah. it's just like the full unedited piano from the original Walking in the Rhythm is just brought into this track and it feels like Titanic. It's like huge. It just, it feels like Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, I forgot who the other... Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, there you go. But you know what I mean, right? Like that's the whole thing with ambient music is like when you strip it back so much then whenever you bring in these really minor simple elements they become like huge. 
Um, so then, really, like after that piano comes in, uh, this third remix just transitions directly into the fourth one, the reprise mix, and it's really just one big long song. But I think the reprise mix might be my favorite out of all of them. That's not true. It, it, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm speaking my truth, Chris. Speak your truth, please. Uh, this one is, it kind of reminds me a lot of that Atsurashi Hito version on Hachigatsu because it's sort of like slowcore Fishman's where they're just playing the same like guitar riff over and over again. Nothing's really happening, but it's just like the chords are so rich and juicy. They are, they are quite, they're not the most diatonic chords I've ever heard. They're kind of interesting. Well, the like, thing that's going really on here, like, yeah. this is really just like the end of the original Walking in the Rhythm, except instead of just the piano and the piano vocals, there's like a guitar as well. Yeah. And the guitar adds like the sense of drama and like this weight it's to it. pretty dramatic. I, I'm not saying that sarcastically. Mm, I mean, that. you don't seem like you're a fan of this one. No, I, I you're just you're just describing the track, so I'm just agreeing. Like there is a guitar in it, and it does make it sound. Is dramatic. this your least favorite of the four, though? Okay, yeah, that's <sighs> besides the point. <sighs> yeah, and there's okay. these additional Shinji vocals over the top. Oh, those are really nice. Those are really beautiful. La 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 la, something like that. Uh, that just sounds like slow day. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I just like that additional element. And like, are, those vocals aren't anywhere from the original track, right? Are, were they just unique I, to this? I think they're so. not in the original track, but I was yeah. thinking maybe they were like outtakes, but probably not. I'm sure yeah. they're just original vocals. Yeah, I wonder like if you did those for the remix or for something else. But just like the versatility of this band is incredible. Like The just, range, if you will. And these four remixes really do make their own little mini album that's like Zach's album as much as it is the band's. And yeah. it's just so... Like, it might be up there with my favorite Fishman's albums. This, I kind of want to go back and, like, redo all of the lists that we did last year because I had not heard these. These tracks would all be in my, like, top 20 Fishman's tracks, and this would probably be up there with Hachigatsu as, like, my favorite thing that Fishman's have done. Really? I love slow, sad Fishman's. I don't know why Fishman's ever went fast. I mean, it's good when they go fast. Yeah, like, the true. Hicksville mix like, is cool, come on, like, yeah. this is so haunting, and just, like, they don't, they just need to play two chords over and over again, and it's perfect. Um, so it's just incredible. I would personally rank these with each one being better than the last. Really? Yeah. Like, I think the reprise mix is the best, and then the Shinjuku one's really good, too. And th they're all, like, incredible. Of course. And it's great. What's your score for, I guess, just these as a collection of four tracks? Oh, as a collection, it's perfect. 10 out of 10. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Perfect. Um, my fish for these, I'm just going to make the exact same joke I made earlier because I'm giving this one an Atlantic Goliath grouper because this also you sounds like grouper, grouper. but this, oh this is God. an Atlantic Goliath grouper because it's, it's just, an Atlantic Goliath. it's just the grouper vibes, but even larger, larger than life. Um, okay. The next few tracks, we're going to do a little speed round because we already talked about these in multiple earlier episodes, but we've never actually devoted like a full segment to just talking about the tracks. So um, we'll see if we have anything new or insightful to say. The first one of these is Yurameki in the air. Did we ever talk about this we in never, any sort of link? We talked about Yurameki, the live version, on our 98 episode. And yeah. we also sort of alluded to our thoughts on the studio version on that episode, but we've never actually talked about like the song. We don't have to go that fast we don't have this to. one. This one is like... I mean, we've said that it's perfect. We said that we preferred the live version a little bit, but that the studio has like some more like wild vocals at the end. They each have their own charms. I used to hate this song. We said that earlier. And I find myself returning to it a lot. I honestly, my, what, I, what I wrote down when I was listening to it this time 
is that I think I find myself returning to the studio version more often because it feels less like cosmic. Monumental. Yeah, like I'm not really ever gonna listen to the Yurameki on 98 outside of that album because it's just so affecting. Whereas the studio version is just like very, it's tight, it's condensed, but it's still incredible. So I don't know, I, guess I, I listen to the studio more often. Yeah, I mean the studio like, it's funkier. Yeah. Like, and I mean that like kind of literally. I don't know, it's kind of grooving. Whereas I don't know, whatever groove that's established in the live version is sort of um, lost in the atmosphere. But no, like the the studio version a lot tighter, and it feels a lot more just vibey yeah. until it goes completely off the rails in the second half, which I do believe it goes completely off the rails. I feel like those vocals are oh, yeah, the most no, insane they're... things that Fishman's. Has it's ever truly done. insane. I would say that, and then the um, what's the song on Hachigatsu? Quiet. She's a kind of awesome. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I was the vocals on She's a kind of awesome. Awesome. and this are yeah. both like insane. But yeah, no, I mean, with that, if anything, all I'm going to say is that this track continues to grow on me day by day. I listen to it all the time. Thank God. It's, I think it's like the biggest grower in Fishman's discography. Yeah, because I didn't like it. as I think, I don't know if I mentioned this, but when I first listened to it, I was like, okay, this is like the last main Fishman song I got to listen to. Because I'd already listened to 98, so I'd heard the live version, but um, I hadn't heard the single version. So I'm like, okay. Let's see what they were playing with. So it was like one of the last important Fishman songs to listen to. And I was like trying to convince myself that I liked it. Yeah, that was me for a while. Like I didn't like it. And then I was like, well, it's okay. And now I'm like, nope. Yeah, like, no, I'm now converted. I'm like, this is like, come on. Yeah. Come on. So it's incredible. Also, I think the cover of the Yurameki single is like my favorite Fishman's cover outside of Hachigatsu. It's my favorite outside of, uh, you know, my, <laughs> my phone. I know screen. that there are quite a few like... Um, LP like versions of this on sale on yeah no it's Discogs. I mean so like all Fishman's material it's gonna be a little pricey but it's but like it's like 60 bucks if you buy just yeah, a single yeah comparatively it's not that bad so I have been considering it but I'm also like should I really spend $60 on one song uh two songs really nah I guess oh, because it comes in instrumental too yeah that's not a different song no, oh well just, you know. um so um, what's your what's your it's a 10 out of 10 yeah. <laughs> my my fish for Yurameki is the iridescent shark. This is the second shark that I've done on this episode. Are shark fish? Yes. We already talked about this. Remember Iridescence by Brockhampton? Getting away from the mic. Uh, remember Iridescence by Brockhampton? Get a little farther away. Remember Iridescence by Brockhampton? I do remember Iridescence by Brockhampton. I try to forget. But I do remember. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right. The other speed round one is Sorry About Tadano Kivinsa, the demo version that appears on the Aloha Polydor comp released in 1999. We talked about the live version of this on Hajigatsu. And we're going to talk about it again. Well, and like we talked minute. about this. We talked about this demo version on our ranking episode because it was like my number six or something. Yeah. Fishman's track of all time. It's still one of my favorites. Best vocal performance from Shinji ever. This song is just... It's perfect. It's so beautiful. You know what occurred to me after listening to the Walking in the Rhythm remixes and Yurameki and this back-to-back and some other things we're talking about in a second is, like, I hear a lot of people complaining about, like, oh, like, Fishman's never got to make their post-rock album because Shinji died and they never, like, they were hinting at going in that direction, but they never actually did. These people fail to realize that, like, we we already have, like, a full album and more length of post-rocky Fishman songs. you're right, but also, like... What they mean is like a Fishman's studio I know. album with fully. But we got like Yurameki, the Walking in the Rhythm remixes, 
Stefan Gatsu, also another version of this that we'll talk about in a sec, I think this and a piece is, of future. I think these are all, <laughs> like, coalescing into, like, the the hinting that people the are The very late-stage Fishman's vibe. Yeah, I like... Yes, I think a lot of people realize this is what they mean when they say they never got to make their post-rock albums because they heard all of these other tracks. Yeah. Which uh, allude bro, to just it. make a playlist. Your Fishman's post-rock <laughs> playlist. Yeah, on Spotify, because that's where A Piece of Future and uh, uh, So, um, anyway, one of the post-rocky songs that I believe is part of this like group of tracks is the Sorry Wataru no Kibunsa Space Shower version. So this oh, is an God. old live performance from 1998. I don't know if we know exactly what show it's from, but it was finally released in 2007 on a DVD entitled In Space Shower TV Episode 3. There are two earlier episodes of the Space Shower TV series, but this track is like probably the most interesting thing that appears on any of them. The rest of the tracks are just like different live versions and like interviews and just assorted stuff with the band. But this is an 18-minute long version of Sorry Watano Kibunsa. You didn't realize how excited I was when you said there's an 18-minute long Sorry Watano Kibunsa. I only found out about this on our ranking episode because we had a couple people who ranked this as one of their top 10 Fishman's tracks, and they were like the 18-minute long version. I'm like, what? You're like, wait. <laughs> wait. And this is like some real bootleg territory. But um, it's one of my favorite Fishman songs now. Finally. Remember when before you're like, bootlegs aren't valid. People bootlegs bootleg. are valid. They oh, I mean, are. this was actually released. It's just not like on streaming you know or anything. I mean. But yeah. Um, so it's a long, drawn out, post-rocky space epic. The first few minutes are just like guitar noodling. It's just like very simple, repetitive stuff on guitar. And then we get like a fairly straightforward, just like rendition of the Soraybot song. And then it keeps going. And then it keeps going. And like this huge, like spacey ass synth comes in. And it sounds like space. Like, I'm not just saying that because it's from it's Space spacey. Shower, but like, I get <laughs> I why it's on that. Space Shower. No, like, it sounds like I'm watching like Blade Runner or like a genuine like space opera. The synth is just like galactic. You're right. Yeah. It's colossal. It just keeps building and building. I feel like that's the kind of post-rock sound that people really like is like the synth and then like Hansi's violin comes in and she's like, Hansi violin. I don't know if it's the way it's mastered on this track, but it sounds like she's just like screeching. Yeah. No, that's nice. It's, 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 it's really incredible. Um, it also doesn't feel nearly as long as it actually is. When I first listened to it, I just kind of sat down and closed my eyes and then I was like, oh, it's already over. So it really flies by, I think. Really? Yeah, no. It could be 18 minutes. Why stop at 18? 28 minutes sort of what I don't keep on saw. Hour long sort of what I don't keep on saw. This is like the most Never ending. <laughs> explicitly epic thing the band has done, I feel like. Because even yeah. like long season is more like mysterious and like opaque. But this is just like, oh, we're going to make this epic, long you know, you, violin like, crescendo. All of these um, songs that you talk about being post-rocky. They, yeah, they never feel progressive like that. But they, this, this is, is this yeah. is very clearly there is a direction, and that direction leads us to climax, and they get there. Wow, climax wow. by Gaspar Noé. Yeah. Great film. Um, what's your score for the Sorewa? I guess the original version and the remix. Well, my score for both of them, I would have to say a ten. Yeah. Out of 10. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Dang. a 10. I would agree. No, seriously, like, I think both of these might be my top 10 Fishman's tracks. I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would agree in calling it's them It's a crime that, like, no version of this appeared on an album. Come on. Um, my, my fish for, specifically the Space Shower version, is a starfish. 
because I feel like I am among the stars. I think that was the worst one yet. That was <laughs> Sorry. Easily the worst I'm one. running out of fish. There's only so many fish. Are and there's only fish? so many ways. It's, it's in the name. <laughs> there's uh, only so many sure. ways to relate them. It could be them. a misnomer. All right, we only have a few left. I'm so excited to talk about this next one. It's the real, the real find, the real gem of these tracks. It is entitled, Fish is Watching You. Oh, I forgot we were talking about. I thought we were talking about this earlier. No, this track sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, this track really sucks. Uh, but ooh, you don't believe that? No, I think it's really, really good. I love this track, but oh my god, this song is so stupid. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. So I feel like this is kind of like a weird cousin to I Dub Fish. This was released on the Best of Fish compilation in 2005, and people I think are speculating that it might have been recorded in the Kuchu sessions, but I don't know if that's been confirmed. We don't really know where it's from. But it's definitely from like the Setagaya years. You can tell yeah. just by how strange it is. It's like nine minutes long. Um, I say it's a cousin to Idub Fish just because it it's about fish. So that's the link that they have. And also, also it has very really repetitive vocals and it's very strange. The lyrics here are just fish, 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 watching you. That's it. But like it isn't necessarily creepy. Like the the title implies that the fish is like watching you in a creepy way but the song is just like funky it's got like the swagger to it i think it. that's what makes it weirder <laughs> yeah i feel like even where if it was just like a straight up like there's like i'm being stalked by like a humanoid fish yeah. no i feel like i'm being stalked by a humanoid fish but it's like daylight outside <laughs> yeah that's what it is yeah like if it had idubs idub fish I dub fish. <laughs> if it had I dub fish's instrumental, that creepy instrumental, yeah. but the same vocals, I would understand what the mood that they're going for is. But yeah, no. I mean, I looked on Radio Music, and our friend One Chops described this track as a sweet slow grind. Like it's kind of like sexy. It's like I, I don't there's know. this electric guitar. It's just got this like this movement to it but the fish is watching you and it, i don't know what any of it means i don't know why the fish is watching me in particular my favorite part is near the middle when shinji starts singing it alone without the group vocals. oh he's just like he's yeah. like fish is watching you and then they pitch down his voice and it's like he's watching you yeah, and everyone's just <laughs> like, like watching you it's fish. so it's just strange this is the kind of like b-side gem that I feel like every band kind of like has deep in their catalog where like the true fans are like, damn, like fish is watching you is like a solid cut. It's like, oh, long seasons in your boxers. <laughs> right? Hit me up when you got that Kuchu compilation album. It's the kind of song where like, I don't know, I'm sure there are people who have this in their top tens and I would I question them. I don't think so. But like, I really don't think so. I mean, so. I'm kind of thinking about it. It's really, really good. I saw another great comment on Rate Music where someone said, like, imagine if they had included this in the middle of Kuchu. That would have made Kuchu a better album. Are you sure? About, oh well, yeah. It would. It would. It replaced slow like, days. No, or after slow days, you just hear fishes watching you. Like it would become a, an infinitely more interesting album. I love it. Um. So the guitar, the guitar is like the highlight here. It's just wailing. The song is also, dare I say, kind of absurd. Like there's no real progression. It's just like there will be a funky guitar section and then a vocal chant section. And then we just go back to the guitar. And like where we end the song we're no is no different than where we began it. It's just like funky and the fish is still watching you. Sisyphian fish. Sisyphish. This is truly, I feel like, just a jam session that they recorded. Yeah, and they're like, let's... Yeah. That's I, why it wasn't released until 2005. Is like, here's... Okay, if we, if we take this theory to heart, 
it'd be really funny if they just like that was just like a guitar line they'd come up with that sort of like fish is watching you Mm -hmm. rhythm so they made the instrumental and then they thought let's add some vocals to it and the first phrase they could think of to fit that rhythm was fish is watching you i'm sure that's exactly what they're listening to it they're like fish 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 watching you (laughs) yeah like okay that's the track that's what happened yeah no no for sure positive um, what's your score? I feel like this is another one that is just like a seven out of ten, yeah, solidly. No, it is. That's it's the an, score that's reserved for like the weird stuff. Yeah, no, it's an eight out of ten. <gasps> you like this more than no. I Dub Fish? No, it's seven out of ten. <sighs> Wait, when did I give I Dub Fish? Did you give that a seven? I thought I gave it like an eight. I, look, I don't know. Mind. I don't remember. Mm. Um, my fish for this it's is been the, so long. Are you ready? It's the Let's telescope-eyed fancy goldfish. Because it, it, that's the goldfish with the big googly eyes. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Because they're watching you. Because they're watching you. He's they well need... equipped. Wow. Locked and loaded with the vision. I think that's the most accurate fish it's to fish song that I've come up with. Yeah, no, it's better than Starfish by a large margin. All right. Two more songs. Um, final-ish one. A Piece of Future. So there are two versions of the song that we have. Well, there are even more versions if you count the Fishman's Plus ones, but we're not talking and about those. And there's a Fishman's Plus one that I heard is particularly great in post-Rocky and Maybe. very long. in a few months. In a few months. But for now, we're talking about the two versions that were released on that Best of Fishman's compilation. There's like a one-minute demo, and then there is a 10-minute long live performance of the song from 1998. So this is really like the final song that Shinji ever wrote. The demo version is just his super short acoustic demo he's just kind of muttering over it it's not necessarily a great track it's purely just like a studio demo yeah but the longer live version is quite cool i'm assuming it was like the intro to one of their shows because they incorporate like the band introductions and some of that oh yeah i was gonna say that because it sounds like something that would be played like in the middle of the show or like near the end of the show no no that's so cool, though. Well, and I've seen some comments with people, because I haven't listened to the, the Fishman's Plus versions, but people kind of complain about this live version saying that it sounds, like, underdeveloped or that it, it sounds like a demo that Shinji was still kind of, like, working out. kind of does. Because but... it does. It's really just, like, this repetitive guitar line. He's just saying a piece of future over and over again. And it doesn't really change throughout the ten minutes until the very end. Mm-hmm. But I think it's quite nice. It'd be cool to go to a show and just have it open by that. This will be <laughs> the second, possibly third... But definitely second comparison to this band that I make. I listened to it and immediately thought of Dave and Cowboy by Boards of Canada. Because they have like a similar like sort of... Because there's a guitar in it. Like the chords they're playing. I was like, you know... I don't know. It made me think of some stuff on the Campfire Head phase. Which came out much later than this. So we obviously know Boards of Canada are ripping off our fish boys. But I mean, between this and Weather Report, yeah. Yeah, no. So No, but like this is one of those tracks where there's so little happening it almost kind of becomes ambient or it just becomes like background. Yeah. But in like in the most pleasant way, way possible, yeah. Yeah, let's not get that. Um so I, I'm I'm certain that it wasn't like a finished version that they played, that's why they hadn't recorded an actual studio version. Also it's played at a live show, so I'm sure they were just Yeah, they're kinda of just messing around. The waters. But the drum beat is really nice, the guitar line is repetitive, but I love it. It's just very pleasant. So mm-hmm. I mean I'm excited to listen to the Fishman's Plus versions in the future because I've heard that they're epic and even better. Well yeah, because I know one of them has like people. a rapper on it. So I don't know how that's gonna make sense. Yeah. Alright, what's your grade for a piece of future? Uh like an eight. This is a yeah. Good. I think that's fair. I I can I, I can sense great things in the coming future with a piece of future, but I feel like just taking this as it is, it's an eight. It is 
just a sketch. It's a sketch that's good. You look at it and you're like, hey, that's cool. But it, it's a sketch of something that would be better than the sketch. Good. That's a good way of putting it. It's a sketch of a fish. That's your fish. It's a sketch. It's not a real fish. I mean, that's. I didn't even pick a fish for this one, so Did I guess. You, wait. Like I actually. I actually didn't know. I think I just forgot when I was taking my notes because I was rushing over here to record this episode. So yeah, there no, that's perfect that no you one. gave me a fish. It's, it's the sketch of a fish. And you're not sure what fish it is because most artists aren't well versed in the biology and species of fish. So if they yeah. were to draw, it's just a fish, an ambiguous fish. It's an ambiguous fish. This is what a fish uh, without definition. Uh, definition. Def- oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> okay. okay. Anyway, and then there's one more that um, we sort of talked about before, but this is like one of your favorites. So I'll just let you say whatever you want about it. It is the Liquid Room '97, I believe, performance of Doyobi no Yoru, notable for its prominent use of an Aphex Twin sample. And I would tell you what the Aphex Twin sample was if the title wasn't so ridiculously long. Is it one of those that's just a bunch of letters and numbers? It's and peak for something, something, I don't know. Peak is uh, the first IDM word, artists really are out here with some like ridiculous song titles. I will say though, despite that, I still remember a lot of Attacker song titles. Not all of them. Okay, but this one, this one's great. And I feel like this one we've been kind of building up to in a weird sort of way, because we always mention it. If we ever talk about a version we're of Doyobi. We're like, Do-Yobi. yo, that Liquid Room Doyobi is <laughs> yeah, we, incredible. Yeah, like we talk about the original. We're like, you know, like the uh, 97 Liquid Room version. Or we're talking about Robot Dub. And we're like, oh, you know, like the 97 Liquid Room version. Or all the livers. We keep alluding to this one. And we're here. So I feel like we have to say something important about it. But I feel like we've already exhausted all that we can say about it. It just bangs. If anything, I think it just adds to the range of, like, the late period Fishmans. Because not only were they making just, like, chill, ambient music, and they were making, like, actual rock music with the Hicksville mix, whatever the hell the Magic Love remix is, (laughs) but then they're actually just, like, using IDM samples and making it go hard. Like, they were doing so much so well. And I feel like everything they did was like very 90s because like, you know, they had like the dub influence and later on, like with the post-rock influence, like these are all genres that were really prominent in the 90s. But they literally covered like all their bases. They never made like grunge music. But aside from that, like they were doing like every 90s subculture. Of like, music. Yes, they, they are not a post-rock or an IDM band, but they have put their toes into and both they, of those. They did it well. They too. did. Yeah, no, it wasn't just like some one off like uh Pat Metheny making drum and bass kind of like failure of an experiment. He it won was, a Grammy for that song. <laughs> okay, it's a cool song. What I mean is like, I don't know, it feels tasteful. Yeah. No, and that, that's what's really cool about listening to all these different remixes and stuff is I get a sense of like Fishman's as music fans. Like, I feel like they were listening to a lot of different stuff around that time and really trying to incorporate those influences into their music. It might be a little bit harder for us to identify that because we are not living in the 90s, kind of like saturated by all that stuff. I'm a bit of a 90s kid. I'm born in 99. So I mean, I 98 over here. But wow. no, I feel like they just were really like truly diverse music listeners. Their tastes, they had a range in their tastes and it's reflected in just like the variety of music they were making. And that's why I hate to see Fishman's pigeonholed by people who have maybe only heard like one album or they call them like, I don't know, a dream pop band. They're like and a dub like, slash dream pop band. There's so and much I more. I guess you, you can't, you're, I don't want you to list out like a whole paragraph of descriptors, but like. I mean, to be fair, normally in, you know, casual music discussions like that, nuance isn't necessary, just so long as you can identify the larger umbrella they belong to. Yeah. Which Fishman's, yes, there's a lot more going on with their sound than just dream pop and dub 
but I feel like Dream Pop and Dub accurately describe most of what they do. But at the same time... World music. <laughs> but you are right, though, because I don't think a lot of people... Ri- they hear Long Season, and maybe they feel adventurous and listen to Kuchu Camp and Uchu. But... I don't know if you can hear that. This is going to be fun for you to edit. Loki, just going to leave that in there. So... That it, part? No. Take uh, that out. Yeah, we'll see. Take it the fuck out. Now you have to take it out. <laughs> Experimental podcasts. I think for so many people... <laughs> I think for so many people, I mean, you're right. I don't think they realize that fishmen's have dunked their pretty little fish feet. <laughs> dunked <into> their, <laughs> their little into, fish fins. Into, um, I don't know, so many different avenues of music. So it's incredible to hear, and, uh, especially since that version of Doyobi no Yoru is actually pretty popular on YouTube. Like when you look at Fishmen's, oh, yeah, yeah. that it's comes like up. one of the most popular. Yeah, I know. So it's just, I don't know. I think that's really cool. I just think yeah. it's cool. Like imagine being a Fishman's fan in the 90s, actually going to their shows. Like you, you don't know if they're going to open their set with like a totally new like post-rock noodling composition or if they're going to have an affix twin sampler or if they're going to play a 40 minute long song like there were just so many things that they could do and they did all of them so well and that's what i love about fishman's is just like they have like a unified vibe and like emotion but like the genre is totally fluid they speak many musical languages and they speak them all very well just as there are plenty of fish in the sea there are plenty of sounds in the fishman's catalog that's a great way of putting it. Well, that's all all the songs. So like I said last episode, if there are any like bootlegs or remixes or I really don't remember that we're ever, forgetting. Don't remember ever saying I was done talking about Doyobi, but you know. Oh, fine. do you have something else to say? No, I don't. You don't. <laughs> well, if there are any anyway. songs that we missed, any B-sides or rare songs that are by Fishman's, not Fishman's Plus, because we will talk about all that stuff later, make sure to comment it in the video, and then we can reply to you and tell you if we think the song is good or if it's trash. Or if we just haven't heard it, and then we will check it out, because there's still so much stuff that we have not heard. Um, what are your top three out of all these songs that we've talked about today? That's a great question. Counting all the Walking in the Rhythm ones is like one song, I guess. Okay, okay, okay. Top three. I, I think I'll have to go... Number one's Doyobi. Oh, yeah? For oh, its dang. pure insanity. Like, I, I know <laughs> I, I talk so much game about Walking in the Rhythm remixes. But I think as just the thing, like Doyobi no Yobi is Doyobi no Yobi. We just can't talk to them. Doyobi no Yoru. It's it's such a trip, and you already know how I feel about it. Yeah. Rocket. Wow. Uh, number two would be the Walking in the Rhythm remixes. Ooh. Because you know, gotta rep. And um, <sighs> number three, I I forget what tracks what tracks we talked about. Let me see. Let me see that. Who could forget I Dub Fish? Fish is watching you. Night Cruising remix. Okay. Hicksville um, remix. Magic Love remix. I think it. Okay, I think if anything, it's probably the Hicksville remix. That or the Plasma. Or the mix. really long Soriwa. Low key, I feel like Hicksville or Plasma are better. Okay, than. okay. Well, actually, no. Soriwa's out on a few minutes. Uh, 18 minute <laughs> version. That is my number three. And, you know. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's a good top three. I guess mine is mainly the same. Um, my number one would be all the Walking in the Rhythm remixes collectively. And I will like actually revise my Fishman's albums list to have that as like number You're going to like edit the podcast so just cut it. Be I'm like, going to say, wait, my list. Um, number two is I Dub Fish. 
It's a haunting song. It's a gorilla song. That's why you like it. That's so much. why I like That's it. That's what it it's is. It's better than like most gorilla songs. <laughs> and I love Yo- I love Minoru's little spoken word section. It's so yeah. unique for a Fishman's track. And um, my number three is the Space Shower remix of Sorry What's Out No Keep Saw. These are all like top yeah. ten Fishman's tracks for me. That's what's so interesting too is like on our last episode talking about all the early B sides. There were some gems in there like Nia Being a Baby, and. Um, yeah. Oasis. <laughs> and Oasis Ayokuso. But in general, like the early B sides definitely feel like B sides. Like, you know, you th- kind of throw away B sides. Whereas the late stage B sides and all these extra tracks are some of like Fishman's best tracks. So I think that's so interesting that like the level of content and like the quality of content in the Setagaya years was just so good that like even the tracks that weren't album tracks are incredible and sometimes like even better than the actual yeah. songs. Like they were just prolific, dude prolific and it had to be cut short yep how but much more prolific could they have been had they continued we won't get in that discussion i mean we were kind of talking about if there was a whole album of like magic love remix type songs with just like i don't know a bunch of jazz samples and just shinji like muttering over it that'd be incredible that would be my favorite fishman's album be experimental so. um all right so that wraps up pretty much all these remixes and b-sides and rarities i believe that our next episode is going to be about music videos perhaps we'll see um jake be ready for that uh, yeah um fishman's do have some music videos i believe they released like a dvd something about like birds birds and title. a feeling or yeah, something yeah. something like that but um we will be watching all the videos i've only seen like slow two of days. them I, i've seen slow days magic love and Yurimeki. wow i'm a fake fan but i'm excited oh, to Ikura get the into baby. these you've seen all of them yeah. um but yeah no i the kind of like the visual side of fishman's is something that we haven't really touched on up to this point aside from that 98 concert film mm. but um i guess we better get our our video reviewing skills get up to snuff before that checked. documentary comes out oh yeah so yeah keep an eye out for that sometime in the next couple months and until then stay fishy fishy yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah.